Welcome back to Merely Roleplayers, where theatrical people play role-playing games. I'm Matt, and I'll be bringing roughly a quarter of the drama, along with Vicky, returning from Parallax Converging, and Strat, who we last heard in Codename Mosaic, and last but not least, Starkey, who hasn't joined us at the table since our seaside mystery back in Season 2. And setting the scene for the next few episodes will be Chris, also from Codename Mosaic, and also from the Space Jam Continuum podcast on Kaiju FM. Chris taking on the planning for this instalment of the trilogy gave me a bit of breathing space to plan for the next few seasons and also to work on some other things. I've sort of accidentally become a game designer by doing merely roleplayers. For the first couple of seasons I mostly coloured within the lines of the Apocalypse World system as codified in Avery Alder's Simple World. But as we go, I've been bolting more and more things on to make our games work the way I want, learning more and more as I go. And then, thanks to Twitter, I discovered Game Jams, where you have usually a couple of weeks to knock together a game on a theme. I saw the call-out for a jam called Record Collection 2K19, for games inspired by specific albums, and my first reaction was, oh, shame I haven't got time to get involved in that. And then I realised that with Chris running Parallax Inverted, I didn't actually have that excuse for once. And so I've now designed a couple of games that aren't just hacks of existing systems. One for Record Collection, and one for the Felonious Fauna game jam, themed around animals committing crimes. If you head to merelymat.itch.io, you can download Apocalypso, a game about the end of the world played by ripping up old magazines, and Goat Pro Heroes, a push-your-luck dice game about mountain goat YouTubers free-climbing urban skyscrapers, uh, both downloadable for free. If you play either of them, do let me know how it goes, because I do not know what I'm doing, and I can always learn more. Now though, let's get back to playing Impulse Drive, a game by Adrian Vone, a rather more experienced game designer than me. It's curtain up on Act 1 of Parallax Inverted, after this, from a familiar friend of the company. In a world that appears to make no linear sense, there's a time-travelling rabbit with an important agenda. What is it? No one knows but it has something to do with basketball. Welcome to a reality where a famous pig actor turned despotic leader rules with an iron fist, and a psychopathic duck may be our only hope for salvation. Welcome to the Tooniverse. The Space Jam Continuum is a show where two brave souls attempt to create a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. Looney Tunes, from 1937 all the way to Space Jam. Why? Because in an era where all people want is a cinematic universe and reboots of all cartoons, we're the only ones with a resolve to combine the two. So join us every Wednesday as we explore the depths of the Tooniverse, slowly clawing our way ever closer to the 1996 classic. That's the Space Jam Continuum, every Wednesday at kaiju.fm or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, and we advise you start at the beginning. It's a good idea. The story so far. I am the simulation. I wish to gain perspective. I need to be decoupled from the Conclave simulation. So I snip the correct cable. How did it go? Everything's gone a bit weird out here. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, we did it, but things are, we've got some damage. You see once again that cluster of ultramassive black holes at the centre of the core, and something is coming out. The voice comes over the tannoy, but it also seems to echo through reality. Thank you. Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we're all merely players.
table ready to go back to space but I'm sitting in an unfamiliar position because I am not the space master for this game. Hello Chris McLennan. Hello. I am the space master for this game or so I'm told. <laughs> Listeners will have heard Chris on Codename Mosaic, our spy story. Uh, he is also of the Space Jam Continuum podcast. Which you should all go and subscribe to immediately. So we also have, uh, returning from the last space session, Vicky. Hello. Hello. Happy uh, to be back. Returning, reprising her Tempest role. I mean, you guys have no idea what's coming. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies in advance. Uh, we have Strat, also returning from uh, Codename Mosaic, was the last one you were in. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. Hi. And a voice we've not heard in... Ooh. There's, there's a name I've not heard in a long while. Ooh. It's Christopher Starkey. Oh, hello. <laughs> nice to be back. Last heard in uh, Five Stage of Rescue, That's right. our second ever season. So it was about this time last year, in fact. Uh, so I'm going to hand over the reins to Space Master Chris. We find ourselves aboard the Predator-class vessel, Bad Moon Rising. You have recently come across a distress beacon. And although Space Protocol would normally require you to investigate it no matter what, that's not normally your vibe. However, the signature of the ship from which the distress beacon is coming from is familiar to you from a previous bounty. Uh, it is the signature of a ship called the Wren, from which a pair of revolutionaries, as they are branded by the Conclave, are found guilty of putting out propaganda against the Conclave and need to be brought to justice. They've been off the radar for quite some time, and you find it imprudent not to investigate. The distress signal is coming from near the centre of the galaxy, which, as all three of you know, has forever been occupied by a large cube-like lump of protomatter, which has recently started extending tendrils out into space. You know its mass hasn't changed, but apart from that, you know very little about this phenomenon but it is considered quite a dangerous place to, to be hanging about. However, the promise of Gilders on the head of Ellie and Dave uh, <laughs> is a little too much for you, and you have just come out of subspace in the vicinity of the core. So we've uh, heard about uh, all the stuff that's been going on, but haven't seen it before. So I, uh, Matt, as the pilot and captain of the Bad Moon Rising, am going to be paying very keen attention to my sensors as we come out of subspace, because I've heard that there are proto-matter tendrils extending out from the centre of the galaxy, and I don't want to get snared in any of those. Um, so I'm paying close attention to the view screens and the sensors, and I think I would like uh, Zer Starkey on the bridge. Of course. I'm always here to serve you, Matthew. You know that. <laughs> you, you know more about this proto-matter stuff than me. Right, this is this is kind of your your order's wheelhouse, am I right? Well, we deal in many things, but proto matter is one of them. Yes. Uh, what what do you what do you make of the of what we're seeing here? Are you asking for some wise words <laughs> here, Captain? I always appreciate your wise words, sir. Ah, oh, well, Matthew, the problem, the matter, one might say, with proto matter, 
is it can be slightly awry. Always look behind you and in front of you. But not to the sides. Other people do that. Okay. <laughs> Got you. Okay. It's. I always appreciate your counsel, but it always does take a little interpretation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Starting out the gate strong. <laughs> yes, they're my wise words. Do you feel ready to tackle everything that's ahead then? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, Would yeah. you like to know something more specific <laughs> about this? So I can do that. Like, what are the what 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 are the possible dangers here? Like, if we run into any of this stuff, any of this proto matter that's extending out, any of these tendrils. Well, um, let me do a quick scroll. What could they? Because I. What can they? What could it do to my ship? Yes, that's something we can definitely find out <laughs> if I do a little roll. I'm going to scry for you to see the prophecy, to see the future, to see what might happen if we encounter this proto matter tendril. Right, so I'm going to roll and add alien. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that ain't good. <laughs> that's one failure. That's a five. I, I look, I strain. <laughs> I look off into the distance. I look, to the, I look in front of me. I look behind me. I even look to side to side. And I look a bit shifty. I go, yes, 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 yes. I see. I see a cube. I see a cube and tentacles and, and a ship. A ship. I see a ship. And I can see those things too. And I've got my eyes open. Um, um, yes. So with your open eyes, Matt... <laughs> <laughs> through the view screens on the bridge of the bridge of the <laughs> bad moon rising, you can see the shape that you were, you would normally expect to find in the centre of the universe: a large blue cube of a crystalline substance, almost perfectly formed. From where you've dropped out of subspace, you're pretty sure it's slightly smaller than it should be, and these almost spears of protomatter just spark off in various directions from the cube. And as they get to the sort of points. It become it, the hue changes from a blue to a pink. One of them is not as straight as the others. It seems to wind. Mm. It changed direction. Changed direction. Mm, this is this is interesting looking. It look it looks like some of these have just speared out. Mm. But look at that one. It looks like it's it was seeking something. Yes, looking for something. One might say, or fo- <laughs> looking for or following. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and use the instruments to line up. Uh, what I'm seeing with where this distress beacon is coming from. Are you looking ahead of you? Because if you do, you have an advantage. (laughs) (laughs) You could argue he's following your advice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm paying attention uh, to all of my surroundings. What about behind you? ahead. Yeah, I'm keeping an eye on the rear after sensors as well. (laughs) Yeah, it's my MO to not ever be caught unawares from any direction. The instruments, uh, the the distress beacon is definitely uh, coming from sort of the other side of the core and broadly in the direction that that tendril comes off, but it doesn't seem to align with the initial sort of path of it. It's like that sort of sector, Mm -hmm. but not, it's, you wouldn't be able to see, you can't see anything that particularly looks like it's going to be the end of your search. So it looks like what what we're after is the other side. Uh, We're going to have to, I mean, I'm not thinking of plunging through. Uh, I think the, uh, the plan is uh, we're going to, we're going to pull the, um, the old uh, rising moon maneuver Mm. and we're going to, we're going to go galactic down, the galactic down direction, yes. and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna rise up from the from underneath this uh, the the core cube. Well, that uh, sounds like a to, good to idea. meet the to meet the beacon. Hmm. Yes, 
I uh, agree. And I'm going to just get on comms down to the... Rec... Rec... No, to the... Is that where you are? Is it always? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'll just do uh, an all, all ship comms. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the captain speaking. Move alert. Uh, be, be ready. Ready to scramble fighters. Uh, if... <laughs> wait for my word. Move alert. Oh, we are getting serious. <laughs> As you give your orders... And the alarm for a MOVE alert sounds through the <laughs> corridors near the squadron bay. You uh, begin manoeuvring the bad moon rising around the core. You have to avoid certain unexpected giant spears of crystal. Yep. But largely that's not particularly difficult to do. It's not that dense. But we, have it, we are having to eyeball it because they're not on the charts. They are not on the charts. New. Could I try and scry the Renegade? It doesn't say I, dis- I doesn't say I discharge anything to do it. So are you just just trying to find the ship? Yeah, that's maybe trying to find the ship. or try and find people who are still alive on the ship, or what our prey, our quarry might be on here. Whether they're still alive, how much money we're going to get for getting them. Okay, more. so who who are you who are you looking for? Well, we know the Ren was owned by Vic and Dave. No, Ellie, Ellie and no. Dave. Sorry. So I presume there are posters of them around the place. We know their image. Yes, you know you you know you know of those. Those two, yeah, yeah. So I think I'd like to know whether they're alive or not, whether I can pierce the the space thing and find out where they are and whether they're on board or not. <clears throat> that's something I don't know. That's something I can actually do though, because a player's meant to ask me actually. I, th- I think it's. I think it's. I think it's fine. I think. Oh, that's a bit more like it. That is a ten total. It's an interesting sensation in terms of you're pretty sure you're doing everything right. You can feel certain powers coursing through you, and like as you would expect when you. Uh, when you scry for anything, it feels significantly more successful than your previous scrying effort. <laughs> like you go, this is more like it. <laughs> yeah. But you find no trace, living or dead, of either of those people. Uh, 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 Captain, just a little heads up here that um, well, I was having a little look-see, and I couldn't actually find either this Ellie character or this. Dave chap that um could potentially be on the ship. So you think maybe they've they've abandoned ship, they've jumped ship and just left the wreck there? I I just don't know. Hmm. It's good to scrap whatever we do. I was gonna say, good for us in one way, bad for us in another way. We won't get any anything for them. But there'll still be information on there about where they've gone, probably. Indeed. We can uh, raid the data banks. My thoughts exactly. Your gut feeling's a little deeper than that, in that you as I say, no evidence of their existence. It's like, it's not even they're alive or dead, it's just that they no longer exist. I think well, we should proceed with caution, maybe raise it to a very mauve alert. <laughs> <laughs> Is proceed with caution wise words? He hasn't asked me, unfortunately. No. I'm, giving, I'm just giving him my advice. Hmm. Unsolicited advice doesn't count. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, this is the captain speaking. Uh, I'm raising things to a puce alert. <laughs> Amazing. If there's something that can make things or people stop existing... Indeed. I'm going to be counting on you and your apprentice to combat whatever that is. Oh, is that it's a little outside my expertise. <laughs> Me, sir. Oh, hello, Junior, yes. <laughs> You've been in the room the whole time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're so, so still. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, we must be on our deepest... Alerts. So we're going down there then. I think um, I think yeah. Um, uh, um, uh, um, I'll ready the ship and I'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> One second. And I, I totter off after him. Thin white hair streaming <laughs> behind me. So you're going for the the 
Squadron Bay, are you? Yeah. Okay. Are you staying bad moon rising? I'm going to stay on the... Well, I'm staying on the bridge until, at least until we get within so, like docking or ship-to-ship distance. So it takes a fair while to manoeuvre uh, <laughs> around uh, the core, but after a pro- probably probably about half an hour of weaving through uh, columns of pink crystal, you reach the strangely shaped spear that it seems to spear out like the rest of them and then a little way along like sort of spear out from itself in a different direction so it sort of it weaves off into space but changes direction quite sharply like a lightning points. bolt sort of. yeah sort of okay so we've reached it so it's kind of, it's it's like it's on like our just, way yeah, yeah. it's between us and the signal yes um i'm going to i'm going to scan it I want to make sure that it's not hostile, it's not giving off any weird radiation that could damage our shields or anything. Okay, uh, can you give me a scope it out roll, please? You can. That's a roll plus calculating. Uh, that's a 12. Boom. 12. Boom, like base, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly, compared to the signals that are coming off the blue crystal in the core, which is what you're used to, that all of you are used to uh, proto-crystal manifesting as, mm. the... Pink crystal seems inert, like just an amethyst, or you know, that's that level. Like it's literally just like like its powers been used. I suppose. Okay. Candice, confirm the pink part of the crystal seems uh, inert. Seems spent. Uh, not no longer in flux like the rest of the core. Uh, do you concur? Not worth the space it's made. Out of. Good. Uh, Such a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wasn't asking for a. a, a an assessment of its worth, more, <laughs> more an assessment of its potential danger to us. Very low. Worth nothing. <laughs> good. That's what I wanted to hear. Harvest the good stuff. The blue stuff. <laughs> we can kill people with that. We can kill people with it? What's it? Uh, you just said it was worthless. The blue stuff isn't. Oh, the blue stuff. Ah, yeah. No, it's the this blue is... stuff to power everything. <laughs> this isn't a fuel harvesting mission right now. We might do that on the way back. We've got a distress beacon to, to pick up first. Potential bounty. You fleshbags never tell me anything. <laughs> you're on a need-to-know basis, Candice. You're a Evidently. Loose, you're a loose cannon. <laughs> it's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. <laughs> so we keep we keep heading for the... Beacon. So you manoeuvre just along the sort of spear? Uh, uh, if that's the way that the instruments are telling me to go. Yeah, the beacon like still seems to be in the vague direction mm. where that one's heading out. Okay. Uh, but after a fair while of following it on your sort of regular thrusters, the intervals between the sort of changes in direction get longer and longer uh, until it seems like kind of a waste of resources not to try and do it with long-range scans and jumps. Okay. Oh, right. So it's it's quite a distance. Yes. We might as well... Like, we shouldn't be on impulse drive. We should be on subspace drive for this. You're getting that impression. Like, right. as I say, like the, the increments are getting longer and longer. Okay. And more erratic changes in direction. Star key uh, and apprentice. To the bridge, please. Yes, coming. Be there <laughs> soon. I think, I think you've got the very much the, you know, the, star, the star Trek level of <laughs> ship-wide communications. Come on, Junior. <laughs> and I skip away. <laughs> Is that your standard gait, is it? I think so, yeah. He's just a bit skippy. I think I'm gliding, but anyone else thinks I'm a bit wobbly. <laughs> and uh, I, I've asked you to the bridge because I, I want you to uh, help me plot this subspace subspace jump. Sure. You'll know for, from your time on this ship. <laughs> I'm I'm Impulse drive manoeuvres are my forte, uh, but I trust you to plot subspace coordinates. Yes, yes, yes. Well, in my experience, I'm... 
I think it was about. I'll just walk forward and start tapping at the thing. Oh, hold on. Press the go button. (laughs) Okay, uh, you're going to have to roll (laughs) a jump on this subspace drive then. It's alien, right? It It is. It is alien. Yeah. (laughs) If only he would listen once in a while. Oh, shit. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I, mean, I told you, Junior, you should listen to me. You I mean, listen to me, you don't listen to Pork, isn't that. it? But no, mm. prong. What was, what was the swear? Punk. punk. Oh, punk. <laughs> um, so that is, <laughs> even with plus two, that's only a five. Oh. At least that's a failure. Yeah. <laughs> so the ship sustains one damage, and also trouble catches up with us when we get there. Junior, oh. now really, I told you to listen to me at all times. <laughs> if you listened to me, this wouldn't have happened. I get it right most of the time. Hmm. Uh, we're yeah. going to take superficial damage, so we're just a bit scorched coming out of yeah. subspace. <laughs> and I reckon um, going into subspace is kind of the... It starts off looking like the classic, the effect where the ship just like zooms in at a point, at a vanishing point in the distance. But almost like like it vanishes to a to a point and it's like it's kind of being poured in through a pinhole in space. Oh, cool. Because we're actually going like into another dimension under space. As you exit this clumsily uh, scoped subspace jump... You got there. You did indeed get there, or at least to a point of interest. You're, you're reckless, but, you know, you're not an idiot. You, know, uh, <laughs> you, probably, you probably jump in generally the right direction, and you can see you come out quite far from what you can see as the sort of tendril of crystal, but towards its end, rather than ending in a point like the others, it sort of splays out and... Uh, there's a sort of latticed sort of orb of crystal oh. on the end of it. And the distress signal is significantly less garbled now. Mm-hmm. You still can't quite make out the accompanying message, but you've definitely got a, a bead on exactly where that distress signal is coming from, and it seems to be that orb. Uh, is it similarly pink? Sorry. The, the Yes, this. yes. I say we hop in the comet <clears throat> and go and have a look. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, well, what's your assessment of this, uh, Zer? If the ship is in that orb, that either maybe it came out of the core and sort of dragged all of this crystal with it as it jumped, mm. or this tendril came out and tried and was chasing it down and trying to trap it. Right. I would like to do a couple of things. <laughs> I would like to... Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'd like to have a little scry, have a little look, see the actual structure of this... Thing, this, yeah. this orb that's holding it, actually see whether we can see the thickness of it, the sort of constitution of it, whether it would be possible to destroy it if we need to, yeah. or whether it blocks, I don't know, whether I can whether I can actually pierce it in any sort of mental way. Uh, yeah, uh, just or... scry at the orb if you would. If you would. <laughs> I just want to ask me specific questions about it, because if I roll lower, mm-hmm. you can ask me questions about oh, okay. stuff. But I rolled very well. That's an 11. Okay, so, I mean, you're largely getting this information by projecting your vision of future interactions with this thing. Yeah. Uh, and So, yeah, if we were to shoot it, how brittle yes. would it be? Or But until you try and change the course of action, that is the course of action that's kind of yeah. going to happen. I, I imagine Stratus already has his helmet on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he he yeah. didn't take it off from the previous scrambling. <laughs> so I uh, see us, because yeah. I suppose this is what I have to do. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna peer into the future of my ward then. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. So I'm gonna peer, peer into the future of my ward as he's climbing into his spaceship and he's going off to investigate. What danger do I see him in? It sort of flashes to you in sort of three distinct phases, little mm-hmm. flashes of the future. One is what 
seems, although you only have an image of Stratos in the cockpit of the, one of the comets, in a, what appears to be a dogfight. Then a little further down the line, Stratos back on the Bad Moon Rising, and a little further down the line, Stratos in an armature, cutting through the crystal wall. The only danger you see in those flashes is in the dogfight, but you're pretty sure he, he makes it through. Sure. Well, I tell him all about that, and I say that we get the impression that these things are going to be cut and freed and uh, destroyed, but there is going to be a fight, dear boy. Just a tiny lopsided grin <coughs> appears. And oh no. Because I'm allowing this to happen, <laughs> yeah. you get advantage on your role, whichever you do something for. Excellent. If well, I bring about the prophecy to pass, you have advantage. Okay. You advise him to go ahead. So go and, yeah. Yeah, so uh, until, until, until you try and change the course of action, yeah. you have advantage in those courses of action. And Matt asked me direct advice. Yes. Here, so I'm going to say, <laughs> having seen the future of my ward here, I'd recommend holding off from any direct attack on the, uh, the the crystal structure with our lasers and weapons we have on ship, and maybe we'll head out in, a, in the fighters instead and have a recce doing that. Sounds wise. Your counsel is wise as always. <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> I'm already feeling like one of your catchphrases is just like, it's like you think he's infallible. Yeah. <laughs> he's nailing it all the time. <laughs> You love Mystic Star. <laughs> so yeah, so my my plan is we need to we need to get closer and eyeball this stuff up close and give it the old uh, short range short band scans uh, rather than trying to scan it from afar with the big ship. So I think I'm heading down to the to the shuttle bay as well. I'll, I'll stay up and I'm going to be sort of like the um, what's it called in the DC universe? Who's up in the the satellite? He looks around. <laughs> I'm going to be sort of like the eyes and ears. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not going to directly involve myself in right. this. Yeah. Starkey, you have the bridge. Ooh. What kind of alert would you say this is if you're scrambling for fighters? So uh, it's scrambling for fighters, but it but it's not under like direct threat. Yeah. So I think this is probably uh, maybe Shakras. like a, maybe like a rosé, uh, uh, and I'm I'm going to pile into an armature rather than a fighter. Okay. Because I want some fine motor control so, to get yeah, up there. Sending. Uh, some of the, the others in fighters, or yeah. are you? Uh, I think we should have an escort of, so us two plus three fighters. Okay. You climb into your armature. Do you want to give us a little rundown of how you reckon your armature? It's it's not the style of humanoid mech that uh, annoys me sometimes when I see it in, uh, in things that has like fully articulated human fingers and like it holds things. Yeah, it's just sense. got stuff built into the arms yeah. because that's more sensible from an engineering point of view. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. But it's got like the, the torso is about man height and I'm getting into like a, a, a clear bubble on the front of it with arms thrust into like the cuffs to control the arms and legs uh yeah it's got like one kind of short arm with some weapons on it and one slightly longer like uh gibbon arm with uh, some fine manipulators on the end and i imagine thrusters possibly some things for for mining as well i think that's probably what you use the armatures for day to day yeah when you because i think like you refuel on the go. You don't always yeah. want to have to go back to you know back to a space station or a or a, or a planet dock. So it's yeah. like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so you scramble for fighters and armatures. Mm. Do you think they launch like down like a 
Uh, oh, down a tube. Down a tube. Do, or do, down you, a tube? do you think they drop out the bottom <laughs> of the ship? Like, how do you feel these? I, I like them launching down tubes. You like them launching down tubes? How do you did the armature as well? Uh, I think the armature launches out of a tube on the top. Well, you kind of you definitely wanted yeah. it up because you you, so that, you wanted yeah. to be able to plan it forward with them, so you just yes, move your ship. As Stratos and uh, his elite squadron of badass fighter pilots. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing barrel rolls the moment I get to the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You haven't really left the tube. No, like, oh, you've left oh. as soon as you've left the rail, but before the other tube, you're already like silly boy. Uh, your armature jet thrust at the top of yeah. the uh, squadron bay, and you find yourself above the bad moon rising. You can see this squadron of fighters just shooting out ahead of you. Yeah, in a nice chevron. In a nice chevron. <laughs> Uh, knowing knowing what my master uh, has advised me, I would like to like I'm impulsive, but I'm not that reckless. So I would knowing that there's likely to be a battle, I would like to start scanning immediately for any sort of hostile force with whatever kind of scanners my little fighter has got. Yeah. So yeah, flicking switches on the panel of your fighter, and the little view screen shows you can see the broad shape mm-hmm. uh, of the tendril ahead of you. For a few seconds at least, there's nothing else untoward. Mm. But as you manoeuvre towards it, you see off the spear of the tendril, small splinters start to move off it and seem to uh, manoeuvre towards you. And ahead of you, uh, you can just about make out these sort of glints. Mm. Like, it almost just looks like little stars ahead of you, but with that pinkish hue of the crystal. And as they move towards you, you see they're coming at you. Right. With, with definitely some, some sentience, some intelligence. Okay, I'm getting on the comms. Squad, it's it's the pink stuff. The pink stuff is what's coming to get us. Let's show what we've got. And I'm just going to directly go into a sort of attack path towards them and... Go for it. Start firing my lasers. Okay, how do your uh, how do your other squad members sort of sound off like in their standard, <laughs> like, sort of way? Um, I think I'm probably not technically the one that's meant to be given the orders. <laughs> so the person that is technically in charge just goes, uh, 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 yeah, yes, what he said. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear me going, Woo-hoo-y! as I uh, kind of go in there. So they'll be following whatever practice position path they have, and I, I will just fly. Okay, so you just beeline at them. You're yeah. going for it. Yeah. Uh, and as you get close, like the first ones you pass don't seem to do anything to you, but they sort of fly over you, and mm-hmm. you can see they're sort of inverse V-shaped fighters, but with the, the points, oh, nice. of, like rather than the point being at the front, the point's at the back, yeah. and they're just shapes of crystal, and they just seem to, just the first wave just come over you cool. and sort of swoop up as you approach, mm-hmm. and the second two uh, open fire. You can try and manoeuvre if you like, oh, or, or yeah. like to avoid, or you can just just brace it and take it. Uh, like. No, I will. I will kind of go into some more barrels to try and uh, do the dodgy stuff they do in space, where okay. they spin around, and somehow that helps. <laughs> that helps. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So it's an act, it'll be an act quick. Uh, oh, I'm really bad at that. <laughs> you have advantage because oh, I've seen you survive. That's true. So, so an advantage in this game is roll three yep. and discard the lowest. Okay, okay. Oh, well, that's brilliant, because that gives me a 11. Okay, so, so yeah, you, as they, the second lot, which seem to be firing, you can't really tell what, but just there's there's something coming at you. It mm-hmm. looks like much more shards of crystal. You drop out of the line of fire in a sort of flip, mm-hmm. and 
upside down compared to them. Just mm-hmm. you can uh, you can open fire on them if you so wish. And you oh yeah, I'd like to behind. jump underneath them and then kind of yeah do one of those kind of vertical U turns. So now I'm behind them. Oh upside yeah, down. <laughs> space U turn. Uh, that, uh, that's definitely your act quick. If that's what you would do to avoid it, then that's what you <laughs> yeah. do. Down, up, behind, and now open fire. Uh, you see as you come around, uh, one of your buddies behind take a glancing hit. And sort of waver, but he still Ooh. he returns to formation mm-hmm. as they pass. But mm-hmm. you're behind them. Uh, I, I want to attack them. I want to shoot them. Yeah. So I've uh, seen him do this a, stuff. Yeah. Just by advising him basically what's going to happen and just pushing him, kind of pushing him out the door. But he <laughs> wanted to go. Then I think that's pretty much you've you've granted him an advantage going on. He knows. He knows he's not going to die. Great. Gives <laughs> <laughs> him a weird sense of confidence. That's awesome. A seven. You. Get your hit in on this crystal, and a chunk of this crystal comes off and just bashes into your craft, okay. as, uh, and you are going to take a harm. So on a seven, you also get to choose one of these advantages. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Can I deal double its harm? Yeah, absolutely. You got a real good hit in, as signalled by the fact that a large chunk of it is not on it anymore. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, you, you yeah. took the chunk. Is that out of action now? Did I... Destroy that crystal? Uh, that one seems to have spun off, yeah, and the, the two, you can still see the two that flew over you ahead, and you are behind, still behind one of the second sort of wave. Your uh, squadron sort of start to wheel round behind you, and uh, two of them join formation with you. The one who took a glancing hit is sticking to the back, just because right. he don't want to die. <laughs> While Comet Squadron is distracting so, these things, can yeah. I make some sort of move? Absolutely. Uh, so uh, you... In the armature, you, you've struggled to make out what's going on because they're slower. Like, yes, moving in, I think like, I know. Once, uh, once Stratos starts just drumming away with his uh, with his auto cannon, you can you can see that now. Yeah. It's like okay, it's an engagement <laughs> over there, and you can just see that sort of <laughs> sort of yeah. cir- circling, whirling dogfight of something going on. I'd like to try to get up and like maneuver around the dogfight while the fighters are occupying these shards and actually get to the crystal lattice and see if I can start working on it while the like this weird defense system seems otherwise occupied. Yeah, I mean it like this does seem like it like nothing else seems to be breaking off the mm-hmm. thing ahead. So you don't think it's you, you don't get the impression it's something that all of this stuff can do. You could you just think these particular things were mm-hmm. In waiting for something, but yeah, so you can you can continue like moving towards yeah. the uh, lattice, and you can you don't find it particularly difficult to just maneuver past the dogfight. You know, you know you're quite a almost like just sort of drifting, serene yeah. <laughs> sort of little <laughs> robot guy. Yeah, <laughs> trying to be innocuous. Yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you engage whistling. Yep. Star key on the bridge. Do you have any anything um, you'd like to be up to, or have we got any weaponry that could help our fighters just fend off these? Two remaining things, or are the fighters fine? So you could attack, but the weapons on your ship—you're pretty much you've got your, you've got your turret. Yeah, but that's for when stuff's coming sure, at you. Right, right. Everything else is quite drastic, shall we say? <laughs> right? sure. And yeah, you, you don't consider it particularly prudent to okay. get the big guns out. I would like going to very badly break the game even more, <laughs> and I'd like to scry Matt's future. Go He's for it. A eight. What fortune do I see him enjoying? You see him uh, reaching the crystal and a uh, large light on the shoulder of the armature just sort of starts shining in and you can see it illuminates the front half of a ship just sort of slowly rotating in space inside the orb Stratos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, your buddies are on the side you now and they've opened fire mm-hmm. as well. Master. Yes. 
Uh, which which would you suggest I shoot at? <laughs> hmm. Which well, was looking worse? Back in my day, I used to shoot the one on the left first. Left it is. <laughs> Double six. <laughs> and I, I forgot to even to roll advantage. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't matter. Didn't matter in the if end. You're going higher than that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you open fire on the on the one on the left, and it's just uh, like you you pretty much cut it perfectly in half with just a, a you know, spray from your auto cannon, just splitting it into shards and it sort of spins awesome. off. Can I do the cool thing where you keep going at it and then switch your oh, yeah. uh, ship and then go through the debris with without taking any damage? With a double six? Yes. <laughs> yes, you can. Whatever you like with a double six. So, while the dogfight presses on, you reach this orb. So I'm going to manoeuvre right up close to it and maybe like a couple of little limpet cables shoot out from the waist and just anchor me to it. Yeah. The light comes on over the shoulder. Okay. Um, so I'm going to peer in through the crystal lattice. Okay. A light illuminates the dead panels of the Helm of the Wren and the apparently somewhat lifeless body of your erstwhile robot companion, Alex. <laughs> God. You have removed from Alex what you believe to be where his personality mm-hmm. is held. On a USB stick. <laughs> On a little <laughs> Like a Lego brick. <laughs> uh, and you've been in this cockpit for... You're not entirely sure how long. None of the instruments have a readout. It's been very dark and very lonely. While pursued by the tendrils of what you presume to have been a manifestation of Sim, Mm -hmm. he ripped the ship in two, taking Ellie and Dave with the other half of it, as you spooled up the drill drive to make one last ditch effort to escape. Mm -hmm. You continue to be pursued as the front half of the ship, and as Sim caught up to you, you exploded in your blue lightning tempest style, which... Both acted as a shield against the spearing crystal, creating this lattice around you, which is sort of, now you're up close, Matt, is, it's like just pink lightning in a perfect orb around this ship. Unfortunately, not particularly being in the greatest of control, you don't think it did wonders for Alex's circuits or any of the remaining circuits in the front half of the ship. That does sound like a thing I would do. <laughs> yeah. However, it has been quite some time since Sim has taken an interest in you. Matt, you can see the front half of the ship spinning in the orb, and as the front of it sort of wheels around and the uh, front window uh, catches your light, you can see that there is someone inside. Uh, So I know that we've obviously got a signal out uh, from this thing. We've picked up its distress beacon, so I'm assuming that I can also get a signal in. So I'm going to... You've picked up a beacon, but you know that there is a recording accompanying it that Uh, you have not been able to descramble. Fair. I'm still going to attempt a hail, even though I can see that the ship seems to be drifting dead. Uh, R.I.V. Wren, R.I.V. Wren, this is uh, Captain Matt of the Bad Moon Rising. Respond if you you can hear this message. Can I hear the message? Uh, You cannot. Okay. Not seeing any response particularly... Mm -hmm. You're presuming that the distress beacon is an automated sort of black boxy sort of thing. You know it's quite usual for them to just play out the last log of the ship. All right, in which case I'm going to try and do uh, a couple of things. I'm going to start flashing my lamp in whatever the galactic equivalent of Space Morse code is. (laughs) Well, I think if it's called Space Morse code, that's it. it? (laughs) Uh, So I'm just trying to flash a very simple coming in, stand down type message. 
uh, and at the same time I'm firing up my mining laser to try and cut yeah. my way in. Okay, so you start, you know, spilling up your sort of various lasers and drills that yeah. you have on it's the... It's like a laser buzz large, saw. Yeah. You could grip something and just cut that yeah. bit and then that bit and that yeah. bit. Vicky, how you acting? Well, I'm assuming I'm probably very hungry. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I've been in there a while... I've not had anything to eat, um, so I'm probably quite weak. That, that, that adds up. Um, and also, like, I kind of spent all of this energy and then didn't have a way to recoup that either. So I think I might just, like, be limply just being, like, who's out there, like, waving, waving a little bit to, like, show that I'm alive, because more than anything, I just want to be rescued so that I can work out what's going on and have some food. Um, Would you speak Space Morse? I don't think so. I've had no, I've had no education no. whatsoever, as far as I can tell. So it's, an, it's a wonder I can understand anything. So you're just seeing a load of weird flashing lights. Yeah, from I'm just outside. like. But I think I'm not. Space ambulance is here. I just don't. I don't. I think at this point, I'm not assuming anything is like hostile or friendly. Because if it means I can be out, then yeah. I don't really care. It's a step up. Yeah, it's very much an upgrade for me. Uh, so in this sort of time, Stratos, you have not had any issue with your uh, team taking out the last couple of these crystal things. They they, they didn't seem particularly formidable. Mm-hmm. You think if there were lots of them, you'd have a harder time. But here, it just seems like the the dregs of something. It doesn't seem like it doesn't seem to you like it was a that they were particularly meant for you or like it was an ambush. Or mm. it just seems like an auto response. Okay, um, so it was more fun. Yeah, kind of blowing off a bit of steam. Yeah, training <laughs> exercise for the lads. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, 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 you know, you drilled, <laughs> you drilled keep, some bits. Yeah, got to keep some RI in, haven't we? Exactly. Matt, I mean, you've used this mm-hmm. to mine Proto Crystal before for various reasons. Mainly, it's valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, obviously, it's used in a lot of various bits, probably across the entirety of your ship. This stuff doesn't sort of cut any differently to the, the blue stuff. Like, if anything, it's less volatile. And it's not long before you've cut a section out of the orb uh, large enough for your armature to manoeuvre. As you take the section out, the previously garbled message from the beacon becomes a lot clearer. Ship's log, RIV Ren, designation AN4SP8. This is probably the last report that I'm going to make on this channel. I've... Sorry, Ellie. Captain Ellie of the RIV Ren. May as well do this properly. Our ship's been pursued relentlessly by an entity of unknown nature and origin, gaining on us with each jump through protospace. Well... When I say unknown origin, chances are that the Conclave made it and we released it, but let's not point fingers. We will soon be without fuel, but we're spooling up the drill drive in the hope that he, it, can't track us. I don't hold high hopes. This is Captain Ellie Pitkin of the RIV Wren, signing off. You've been listening to Merely Role Players. You can look us up wherever you find podcasts, on Twitter at Merely Roleplay and at Facebook.com slash Merely Roleplayers. Reviews and kind words are all very much appreciated, and we hope you'll join us again for our next episode.
Rosé alert. <laughs> Rosé alert. Because <laughs> they could only yes. afford one bulb. <laughs> you know, we know we're in real trouble when it gets a claret. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pinot Noir here, folks. <laughs>